This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Hey, uh, Big Ten's going to release the schedule on Fox uh, Big Noon Kickoff. They're uh, they're preparing it. They're preparing it right now? Preparing it right now. So, uh, oh, wow, okay. Hopefully that'll, that'll get everything off people's, off people's back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the show's starting. Oh, hey, good Saturday morning. Welcome Hot Mike! To, welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour Hot Mike Edition. Gosh, I hope we didn't. I hope nobody was listening to that. Was were the mics on? They're I, preparing a Big Ten announcement. What? It's, hey, it's what we're we're at Nebraska. It's what we do. We break the news before the Big Ten can. Uh, welcome to the show. We are excited. We get all the good stuff on Saturdays. Football's man. back. Football's back. How about Fox and the conference? With the ultimate Friday news dump. This is not just a Friday news dump. This is a like almost Saturday news dump. This news came out at like eleven o'clock. I was asleep. You were asleep. I was not. I saw it. <laughs> uh, the Big Ten and uh, and the Fox Big Noon Kickoff Show, which is beginning as we speak, uh, they are revealing the Big Ten schedule on this show. We will be live on the air as we learn Nebraska's new schedule. For the, what is this? This is the the second. It'll be the third version of the schedule. Correct. It'll be the uh, the second time we're we're releasing like, hey, this is what we're actually doing during this COVID season, and we will be able to reveal it live to you. Uh, you can watch along with Fox on mute and uh, tune into us. This is fun. Let's let's go. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to hear what's going on on Big Noon Kickoff because apparently on College Game Day just a few minutes ago, <laughs> Michael Severe is letting us all know that Desmond Howard called Nebraska the loudest five-win program in the country. Kirk Herbstreet then piped in, said, oh, I know I've been dealing with them for 20 years. Oh, well, good to know that they're still staying the same. Well, now I'm a, now I'm a Fox Big Noon Kickoff guy. Take that, Game Day. <laughs> As long as Dez is on there. Um, we've got a lot more than just that. Chris Baznett is going to join us here coming up at 9-10. Uh, hopefully we'll get him in before the schedule comes out. If the schedule's out, we're going to dump out of that because um, he's going to have to write about it and talk about uh, it. First so week, we'll Nebraska's opening up at Ohio oh. State. How about that? We've got it already. Week one, Nebraska, Ohio State. This was one of the questions, Caleb, that we were going to have to try to figure out is uh, which two East opponents was Nebraska going to keep from that original schedule? Because you had the original schedule. This is version one, which was the pre-COVID schedule that didn't come out in August. This is the the one all the way back where you had three East Division matchups for the for the Huskers, uh, and those three games were against Ohio State was one, so was Penn State, and then so was Rutgers. Out of those three, Penn State was a home game. And that one I thought you would probably keep because I don't think you're going to take the home game away uh, because the other two would have been on the road. 
Ohio State and Rutgers are the other two. I think this answer is really the only big question that I had mm-hmm. that we didn't even have a chance to talk about the questions because they're already into the schedule. Right. Uh, I think that this is going to be Nebraska playing Ohio State and, and Penn State. And that game is going to be obviously right here on 1400 KLIN, but televised on Fox. Yep. And it's just it just says first week. It says October 24th. I don't know if that means that all seven games will definitely be on that Saturday. Because they had because said some it would are be going tw- to be Friday as correct, well. Correct, correct. We'll so. see if that changes, but that is at least a first weekend game. Nebraska gets it kicked off with your national champion, uh, hopeful Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeehaw, let's go. Hey, currently Ohio State is unranked, thank you very much. <laughs> so there's a shot. Why, is, why are they putting two unranked teams on the Fox? <laughs> That's so weird. That might be an 11 a.m. or two because Fox puts those those marquee games. Right. They're going to want to get the Buckeyes right there as soon as possible. Uh, so we may not have a show on October 20th. To immediately follow their big noon kickoff. Exactly. Big noon Eastern time kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that is happening live. We are going to be doing that maybe for the next few minutes here. Um, I do want to mention though, before we get too deep into yes. all of this, uh, there there was a loss in the Husker family, um, specifically the father of Scott Frost. And before he was the father of Scott Frost, he was the husband of Carol Frost. And before he was the husband of Carol Frost, he was a Husker football player mm-hmm. himself under Bob Devaney, recruited by Tom Osborne and Larry Frost. Uh, died actually on the day that the Big Ten yeah. came back. So there was a, I, I know there was a lot of mixed emotions for Huskers on that day, but Larry Frost uh, passing away at the age of 73. If you thought it was a little unusual not hearing from Scott mm-hmm. on the day that the Big Ten announced it was coming back, there's a big reason why, and that, that was the loss of his father. Yeah, condolences uh, from everybody here at KLIN to Frost and his family. Uh, he scored a uh, 121 touchdowns as an eight-man player in Malcolm. Had one game where he scored nine. Yeah, that's incredible. Take, take Larry Frost in your fantasy football <laughs> high school team, please. And he was he was part of that group that was right before the back-to-back national championships with Bob Devaney yep. in '70 and '71. Um, laid the groundwork, laid the foundation. Had to endure a couple of the the six and four seasons uh, that Devaney just about got fired over. Uh, but uh, he uh, made it through there, and yeah, it definitely uh, a tough loss on on what should have been a hundred percent celebration. Um, with, and with and spent and spent his life giving back to the game as well, not yes. just not just coaching um, with Carroll at a number of different places like Wood River, where where they coached their boys and where Scott played, go Lou Platt Conference, but as well as here at Parkview Christian in town. So there there was a lot given by the Frost family and especially Larry to the game of football here in the state of Nebraska. Yeah, so rest in peace. Larry Frost uh, died at 73 uh, on Wednesday this week. All right, we're keep, we're keeping the schedule thing going. Uh, we, we, we will see, I guess, pretty soon what they'll be uh, revealing for week two, week three, etc. Uh, backing up real quick to the Big Ten and their announcement earlier this week. Uh, they, they now feel comfortable. Uh, this is... This is 100% about the ability for all schools to, to test the players and the staff. Uh, they obviously had a lot of public pressure as well, Caleb, but uh, it, it just seems to me that, I mean, from Nebraska's perspective, from my perspective, uh, they certainly could have handled this a little bit better the first time they voted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all feel this way. Apparently, they, said, they say it's unanimous. Uh, that might have just been uh, a little bit of... 
uh, hey, I know you don't actually want to do this, but please vote yes so we can say this is unanimous. Um, are there still concerns? Yeah, obviously there are still concerns. I still have concerns about any of these college teams and pro teams playing in these conditions right now, not as much on the pro side, but, but definitely for these students. And, yeah, it's still possible that there may be no games. Uh, as I said weeks ago, when the first schedule came out after it got re-released in version 2, uh, if any of these games happen, it's a win. Uh, just take it and run. But if you want to talk about how you know the hospitals or schools – or rest of non-football playing campus, if, if they should have access to this type of daily testing that made this possible, you know, that's a whole separate conversation. Football programs have the money. Right. And the, the money is shared equally across the Big Ten. There's no reason why they couldn't have done this the way Nebraska wanted to, the way they had laid it out five weeks ago when this originally got canceled. Uh, you know, maybe less revenue in the future if players get the NIL rights or if athletic department budgets are forced to shrink a little bit. Uh, but this is where we are today. Can 14 programs pull this off now that they're all on the same page with rapid testing protocols? I think so, but we'll see. Yeah, and the the, the daily testing, that, that rapid response antigen testing, that's the game changer. That's really what, for, for any of the presidents that were iffy on stuff, when you have that daily testing, that's a big game changer. We can get into the weeds later in the show on the metrics. I think I've got it figured out after about five, six, seven revisions but there's going to be certain metrics that your team cannot have so many positive cases, uh, whether that's your daily positivity rate or active cases throughout the team and the staff and everyone associated with the team. Um, I'm, I'm, I think what they did was there was, a, there was a big compromise to push it back to the weekend of the 23rd, 24th, instead of starting as soon as the 10th or even the 17th. And, and I think that was a big part of being able to bring in some of those presidents and chancellors like Rutgers, like Minnesota, like Penn State, that were seemingly definite no's, and Nebraska and Ohio State were definite yeses. Where were you going to find enough folks to flip to get to nine votes? Yeah. They said it's unanimous. The Big Ten really likes to be unanimous, so I don't really think when they went in that that's what it was, but I'm also not going to argue it because football's back. Took Nebraska like five minutes to be unanimous on this. It took the Big Ten five weeks, you know, <laughs> just as long as you get there, right? Um, let's uh, let's also look a little bit about Nebraska's involvement in this. Uh, we we were obviously uh, having a little bit of fun with uh, Ted Carter and the hot mic earlier in the show as we opened uh, the the Ted mic mo- the Ted Carter hot mic moment. I think will uh, will be a little bit overshadowed as as time goes on, but what a what a moment for Nebraska to again. Uh, scoop the Big Ten on their own announcement schedule. Uh, he says on the hot mic that it was going to be, quote, tonight, and that was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they push it to Wednesday morning, or or so maybe they, they led us to believe maybe the, the, the Wednesday morning announcement was there the whole time, except in the introduction of that uh, announcement, it was recorded, it looked like, and someone said, tonight. So I, I don't know if you're into conspiracy theories on this, but did the Big Ten push it back to the next morning just so Nebraska would not be right? Well, just so it, Ted Carter wouldn't have been able to scoop it correctly. If you really want to go that far, you could. We heard yesterday Ronnie Green at the yeah. mayor's press conference said, "Well, the schedule is going to be released early next week," and the Big Ten 
no, 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 we can take over Big Noon kickoff to spite Nebraska. I don't know if it goes that deep. Um, he scrambled the fighter jets, and he's like, <laughs> hey, you guys got to stay up all night. I don't care what it takes. You get this schedule out tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Take it away from Nebraska. Please. Don't let them be right again. Uh, I don't think it goes that far at all, but it is fun to jump down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole every now and again. Yeah, so some of the stuff that we still don't know, um, and, and, and one of the things that you guys here at, at KLIN on the news side have really dug into and tried to figure out uh, the actual, what it means part of it, is some of the the numbers and the percentages and, and the protocols that are in place for the conference to make sure that everything can be done safely. Uh, and we're going to continue to update you as the schedule continues to come out. So far, we just know the week one, October 24th game for Nebraska. They will come back with a matchup at Ohio State. Yes, that's a, a nice and easy dip your toe into the water start to the season. I'm already getting Snapchats from I've got friends that are Ohio State fans. They're very happy. That's fine. Whatever. We're 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 like buddy fan bases now. It's yeah. You're gonna do the you're gonna do the predator with uh, Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, grabbing hands and <laughs> yeah. it's the Ohio State. It's Nebraska. It's the hey, we saved Big Ten football in 2020. Uh, come together, kumbaya moment. Uh, but the the percentages of of cases, and this is kind of where it gets a little murky. You have to stay under a certain threshold, Caleb, to be able to still play, to be able to avoid running into a, a stoppage of your entire program, really, if you mm-hmm. get too high. Um, what have we found out, and and how has this kind of evolved over the week since they announced this on Wednesday? Okay, so there. if we're going to dive into this right now, there's two different metrics that you have to keep it under certain thresholds. For one of them, it's your team is one of the metrics. Team is defined as players and any associated staff that have daily contact. Trainers, coaches, um, nutritionists, psychologists, folks that are going to have those daily contact with the players on the team. So you could easily have between 150 players and all of your staff over 200 to 250 folks characterized as team. And you need to keep that positivity rate on the daily testing below 5%. The other one is population, and it became confusing what population was going to mean. And and we've, we've gone a couple of different ways in Population is not the city of Lincoln, it's not Lancaster County, it's not even the university. Population is just team. It's that same group of people, but it is your number of active cases. Mm-hmm. So population, you need to keep that below 7.5%. So you cannot have at one time more than 7.5% of the players and associated staff with an active case of COVID-19. And that is that is the most simplest I've been able to to explain it after five six revisions um, talking well hearing from the Big Ten, hearing from Athletic Director Moose and UNL Chancellor Ronnie Green, and talking directly with someone at the university where we could have a little bit more back and forth and ask questions as opposed to kind of an, an interview press conference answer, which is really hard to decipher. Yeah, so that's that's some of the numbers that you're going to have to keep track of throughout the the season here for not just Nebraska but the rest of the Big Ten. Um, I'm seeing this on Twitter. It's not up on the uh, the broadcast yet, but it appears the October 31st game will be Nebraska's home opener against the Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, Ohio State first, Wisconsin second. I mean, 
Why not? Let's just dive right into this 2020 season, Nebraska. And yep, there it is. Third, well, third week. So oh, there's, no, there's November seventh. And do week two during the at Northwestern. I suppose we would have missed that. I didn't see it pop up there, but yeah, week so. three, Nebraska at Northwestern. So so far, you got three weeks: Nebraska at Ohio State, Nebraska home for Wisconsin, and Nebraska at Northwestern. Uh, and yes, all of the uh, careful what you wish for Nebraska tweets are are coming out as Brian Christofferson from twenty four seven points out on Twitter. Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's take our break here, and uh, we'll we'll kind of get our bearings and figure out how we're uh, how we're going to reveal this. I don't think we're going to get Chris Basnett uh, from the Lincoln Journal Star because he's buried in this stuff as well. It, all of it, and if you go to klin.com, dot com, we're constantly updating this as the schedule comes up. So I'm sure that's exactly what Baz is doing this morning too. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's he's all over this. Um, we're we're uh, we're just gonna skip uh, skip ahead to that part of it because it's just uh, it's just not gonna be uh, not gonna be easy to figure that out all at the same time. So we're just gonna move on with things here and get to our first break. Uh, we'll be back with more of this live schedule reveal show. We're three weeks in. We know it's Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern. We will un- we'll probably be able to see the entire schedule here by the end of our show, even though this uh, big noon kickoff for Fox is two hours. We just go one. Uh, we will continue on with the live schedule reveal and, and continue recapping the week when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Live radio on a Saturday morning where we are literally finding out the Husker schedule as we speak. Woo-woo. This is fun. Thanks for joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, no no Chris Basnett. We're, uh, we're going to have uh, him join uh, next week or week after. Uh, we'll catch up with him later. Uh, kind of busy time right now for a Nebraska sports writer. Just a little bit. <laughs> so we have three games have been announced for Nebraska. Week one at Ohio State. Home opener, Halloween against Wisconsin, and then November 7th, Week 3, at Northwestern. Now, uh, Athletic Director Bill Moose earlier this week talked about putting together the schedule um, in, without really diving into it. He, here's a lot of what he had to say. I think it's a sound plan. Uh, I, I, I was pushing and hoping, as was chancellor green that we could have it on the 16th 17th begin then so we could have a break uh but hey uh we're we're being very cautious in regards to the medical piece of this so uh eight games eight conference games four at home four on the road uh we will play everyone in our division um and and that of course is very important and then that will produce as always a division champion that will meet uh, for the Big Ten Championship, along with uh, matchups with the rest of the, uh, the the teams, and depending on how they finished, who their opponent will be. And I think that brings uh, a little bit of a unique aspect uh, to, to the uh, season and also allows all of our teams to get nine games in. So the, the part of this that that as Moose said at the very beginning of that is they wanted to go the week earlier, the 16th, 17th, which would allow to play eight games and get a bye weekend at some point in there. As it stands, though, beginning the 23rd, 24th, going directly eight games, and then 
a championship weekend. That championship game is going to be on December 19th, but this is a very unique part of it that we haven't really dove into a lot yet, Cole, and that is the plus one game. So if someone finishes second in the East on December 18th and 19th, they will play the team that finished second in the West, and third in the East will play third in the West, and so on. What Barry Alvarez said on Wednesday also makes this even more unique is that if those two teams have played over the course of the season, they're going to try to avoid that. So you could possibly have someone that finished second in the East, but they already played the team that finished second in the West, so they will play the team that finished third in the West. Mm -hmm. And you'll have an extra crossover game, essentially is what it does, but someone who finished similarly in the standings just in the other side in the other division. Mm. Yeah, so you you won't have that situation for the championship game. Even if that's a rematch, they're going to do that. There's not a way that, you know, your third place team in a division can backdoor their way into the championship game just because they've already played the first two people. Now you're you're still going to have that as the the matchup. But yeah, it's you might as well just to get your full nine games in. It's a pretty savvy move to to be able to still fill that TV right? inventory. Uh, and and look, this is basically the last window that the Big Ten had. They had to make a decision really, really quickly once we got to this week if they still wanted to be able to get all that in, if they still wanted to have a chance to qualify somebody for the playoff as well. Um, and and the, t- the tough part is you don't have any wiggle room now. You don't have a way to collapse your schedule back. You don't have a way to make up a game that gets delayed or postponed by a COVID outbreak on one or two of these teams. So if you don't get a game in, let's say that third game, Northwestern's got issues with COVID and Nebraska's not able to get them to um, to be able to play, uh, Nebraska's just not going to get that game made up. You're going to go from nine games to eight. Mm-hmm. And then if something else happens, you're going to go from eight games to seven. Um, you're going to have uh, a, a kind of a, a maybe a misbalanced uh, number of games across conferences. You might have teams that play as few as like five or six games. And then SEC, ACC, depending on if they get all their games in and then play a conference championship game, that champion might be 11-0. and Are you going to be able to take a 6-0 and Oklahoma in the playoff uh, to match up against 11 and 0 Clemson like that's that's the 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 reality scenario that we're living in right now with these games that are getting postponed i think so far uh like 11 of 18 games uh, for power from, 5 from power 5 have been, yeah. have been delayed uh so it's 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 a, a tricky it's a high wire act for sure and that's one of the things that the college football playoff committee has not well, one, they've never had to deal with something like this because everyone was just playing the schedules that were in front of them over the, the last five, six years, however long the, the college football playoff has been since it replaced the BCS. But what are those minimal requirements to make the playoff? Is it Do you have to get four games in? Do you have to get 50% of your games in? How, what, do you, what do you have to play to be eligible? Because you're right, if a team from the ACC does get all 11 in Mm -hmm. and a team from the Big 12 or the Big 10 gets four or five and by no fault of their own either like like let's let's say that's the situation let's say Ohio State goes four and oh over the course of this eight game season and then wins their conference championship game against whoever they would be playing out of the West and so they're five and oh but they lost their other four games because other teams had outbreaks or weren't able to play. How do you quantify that against a Clemson team getting their entire or an ACC team just getting their entire schedule? 
there has to be from the college football playoff committee some sort of requirements that teams have to hit. Now, that's going to be very, very hard this year, especially when it's something that is out of your own control. Mm. If the other teams can't play, you can't do anything about that. That's true, and and uh, we're we're still awaiting the rest of the schedule. We're three games in, by the way. Uh, we've got October 24th, Nebraska's at Ohio State to start this year. October 31st is the home opener with Wisconsin coming here, and then they're at Northwestern on November 7th. Those are the three games uh, that we know so far as Fox and the Big Ten continue to roll this out on their big noon kickoff show uh, as we are uh, talking about it. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I think... Well, I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I, I think there should be some idea of what a team should do, but I don't know if they're going to release publicly like some sort of criteria. Like transparency. I want transparency. <laughs> well, but here's the thing: are you are you going to? Uh, you're almost tying one hand behind your back if you if you have part of this publicly known because let's say you already have let's say they let's say the playoff committee comes out and they say all right you have to play at least seven games Mm -hmm. to be considered for the playoff feels almost impossible in the big 10 let's say so the big 10 is going to be able to play nine let's say ohio state's third and fourth games get canceled they have no margin for error are you i mean like are you telling me that if if you get a case on a team like i don't if you if you have 5 games in and you're already as well thought of as ohio state you've got all these nfl draft picks i i don't know that they want to put that out there publicly i don't know that you want to set some sort of benchmark that you might not be able to reach because ultimately the playoff exists to make money mm-hmm. and if you exclude ohio state from the conversation just because other big 10 teams couldn't get their poop in a group I just I, I think that's going to do more to hurt you than help right. you. Now I think a very simple threshold would be fifty percent of your scheduled games. So your scheduled games, if you are Ohio State, but that still does this. It still does the same thing. It does you, the though. same thing, but at least uh, if you find such a a minimal benchmark to clear, that it's pretty easy to to get there, or you just have to play four games to get in. Mm-hmm. To, to be eligible to get in, to be eligible to be selected. That is putting the, the the bar so low that everyone should be able to step over it, even if a team ends up only getting in four games. Yeah. You don't want to put it at, you must play at least seven or at least eight games when that seems pretty unlikely that every team is going to be able to get to that mark here in 2020. So when I say that the college football playoffs should put out some kind of uh, minimum requirement you have to get to, minimum being very key word there that it should be very very low that teams have to get to be to meet this. I would be I would probably be more okay with that if it's a yeah. super super low bar to clear. Uh, we've got week four and Nebraska is hosting Penn State. All right, so that's our other. That's, that's the other crossover. That's that was exactly crossover. what I was thinking. You, you don't have Rutgers, you keep Penn State and Ohio State. Yay. But hey, look, Nebraska wanted to play. They don't care who they're playing. Uh, and frankly, I think the team probably would prefer uh, to have uh, the big boys on there so they can check themselves against the best. I don't know that certain fans would, would have wanted that. I think they would have preferred Rutgers and get a W. But this is this is just kind of a year to, to maybe figure <laughs> things out. Uh, for Nebraska, as, as uh, we're, we're revealing the schedule here live on the air, uh, we've got four out of the eight games known now. 
Nebraska is going to have a – we knew they were going to have a gauntlet like in this first version of the schedule a million years ago. You knew that Nebraska was going to, in the last five weeks of the season, go at Ohio State, Penn State at home, at Iowa, at Wisconsin, and then finish up with Minnesota, uh, most people's favorite to win the, Nor- uh, to win the uh, West. That was going to be the last five games of uh, schedule on Earth 1.0. And then on Earth 2.0, you had Nebraska with a little bit of a stretch, Wisconsin, at Iowa, Minnesota, at Ohio State, right before their bye, uh, and then Northwestern Penn State after that. Now you're starting off, and we still don't know where the Iowa game lands, we still don't know where the Minnesota game lands, uh, but you're starting off with Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and then uh, Penn State, two top 10 teams mixed in there. Um, along with Wisconsin, who's a top 25 team as well. Uh, it's it's a tough schedule. We knew that Nebraska was going to have certain matchups uh, with those crossovers being Penn State and Ohio State, and that this is going to be it. We still don't know where uh, the Iowa-Minnesota games fall. Uh, and then the other ones, Purdue, they will also for sure play since they're a divisional opponent, and Illinois as well. Those are the four we don't know where they land yet. Well, uh, the, the things we should know are where the games are, just not what day they yes. are. So, yes. like, Purdue and Illinois, those should be our other two home games. Now, they did flip a couple of these, the second schedule, so that might change, too. But you, In, in, in yeah. fairness to that second schedule, they were trying to fit a lot of things yeah. into that one. This one seems a little bit easier when you're keeping just two of your crossovers, one on the home, one at home, one on the road. So, theoretically, your divisional matchup should stay the same. So, as we look at what's going to happen in the latter half of November and then the first two weeks of December, it should be home games against Purdue and Illinois, and then road games with Iowa and, well, we've already got North. I'm probably looking at this all wrong here. It's fine. Purdue's in there. The, yeah, the original schedule was Purdue, Illinois, and Minnesota all at home, and then Iowa on the road. Right. So, like, I, Iowa's probably going to be your game on the road on the 27th. If they get it back to Black Friday, yeah. I'm, that's, sure, I'm sure they That will. was what Bill, one of the things that Bill Moose said, is that they had a little bit of flexibility to be able to potentially do that, and we'll see if that happens. Um, I think let's uh, maybe sneak in our next break right here, uh, just so we can... Get it out of the way and then move on with the uh, rest of the schedule here. So four games yet to go as far as uh, the opponents. We know which opponents they'll be. We don't know which days they will fall. Still uh, a chance that Iowa lands on Black Friday. I think that's really the main suspense left. So far you've got Ohio State at Ohio State to start. Home from Wisconsin at Northwestern. That's a change from the original. There we go. That's why I was thrown off a little bit. Oh yeah, we that was it. Was original schedule was at Wisconsin. The second version was home. That's the flip. So now there's yes. a flip. Not going to both of Madison and Iowa City. Yeah. So Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois. One of those will be on the road, yes. which will be different from that original schedule. Now, now I'm not Back so on confused. One point All right, we're gonna get our bearings straight. <laughs> you are two at home. We're doing this all together. This is live radio, folks, and we are glad to be with you here on a Saturday morning. This is the KLI and Husker Hour back with more Nebraska's schedule reveal right after this. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1400 KLIN. A show like no other here on the KLIN Husker Hour. We are uh, revealing the Big Ten schedule, Nebraska's new schedule Live this morning, just as Fox on their big noon kickoff show is. Uh, thanks for joining us. 
uh, have them on, uh, have them up and on mute, and you can listen to us break it all down for you. Week five was revealed during the break, Caleb. That one is going to be a home game against the Illinois Fighting Illini. That's back-to-back home games in front of no fans, at mm-hmm. least for the time being. Correct. Um, with the uh, Illini, that's November twenty-first. Week six, the next one will be the Black Friday game. We'll see if it'll be Iowa. Yeah, theoretically, that's going to be your road game against Iowa. Uh, we do need to mention, as, as all of these dates are coming out, that it is the week of. Inevitably, a number of these games are going to be on Fridays. So one of these games would just, for example, the November 7th at Northwestern. Theoretically, that could be November 6th at Northwestern. So yes. so as you look, as we're getting all these dates, there's going to be some Friday games for sure going forward. Yes, and... and- before we get uh, to week six and the rest of the schedule here, uh, this was another thing that Bill Moose and Ronnie Green discussed on their press conference was the Big Ten's policy on attendance. Uh, if you hadn't heard already, which I'm sure you probably have if you're listening to this show, um, no fans at any Big Ten venue is the the current policy. That was the policy that came out uh, with the decision to move forward again with football. Uh, might that be revisited? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but this was Bill Moose and Ronnie Green. Well, I think more particularly Bill Moose's uh, answer and discussion on this particular topic. Uh, both, both Chancellor Green and I pushed very hard uh, in our meetings, respective meetings, that that attendance should be based on local authorities, health officials, uh, governments, etc. Again, in our footprint, our situation is different. Um, but that does not appear that it's going to be the case. Uh, certainly did not want it to be a deal breaker. And uh, we're going to think of some innovative ways to have our fans involved. Uh, we love our fans. They're the greatest fans in college football. And um, hopefully uh, we can uh, get them uh, involved in, in some uh innovative ways and and we're already working on that the important thing is that our fans are going to have husker football and uh they're not going to be able to be in their seats hopefully just for a year but we're going to need them now as much as we ever have kind of wonder if this will be a uh more of an nba bubble type of scenario where you have guys uh, up on the social media screens and and seeing where you uh, we got a black friday date there we go. Yeah, Hot let's, guys. let's do it. Nebraska and Iowa back on Black Friday. Take that, Sean Eichhorst. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, really quickly, as, as I think that's kind of the, the one that we definitely knew. There's, yeah. t- there's two that we were pretty sure of, yep. and that was going to be that Nebraska was going to open up at Ohio State <laughs> and that Nebraska-Iowa was going to get back to the Black Friday weekend. Yep. Uh, now, so on the no fans part of it, yes, there's a possibility that, and Moose said this on Sports Nightly um, that evening, that once it became clear that that was kind of going to be a breaking point for some of the voting members on that Council of Presidents and Chancellors, whether or not fans were in the stands, Nebraska decided to back off and just agree to it so that you could get football back. Teams are going to have two home games in October, at least scheduled. Could things change when you get to November and your final three home games do have fans? Of course, all, all of that could change because we're still five weeks away 
from that game between Nebraska and Ohio State. Yeah. Like there, you are a ways away, especially when you look at what's going to happen into November. You're a month and a half away until you get to what's going to be the next second round of home games across the league. So things could change that the Big Ten says, all right, we don't want it to be more than X percentage of what your capacity is, but you have the ability to make it lower than that. So if Michigan, if they say it's like, we don't want it to be above 10% of capacity, and Michigan's still like, we don't want to have any fans there. Or Rutgers says, we don't want to have any fans. You could still do that. I think it will be revisited, and at some point this year, there will be fans in the stands at Big Ten stadiums. And I wonder, too, if they're starting to see some of the stuff that NFL games are uh, are dealing with, NFL teams are dealing with. Um, there was one positive COVID case from the Chiefs-Texans game, the first game of the NFL season last Thursday, and that they were using contact tracing to back backtrace where uh you know who who that who the person sat with uh who they may have come in contact with yeah there was video of a fight in the stands in cleveland uh of their uh their game against uh i think it was the bengals game just this last thursday Mm -hmm. uh just a couple days ago so it's not it's not perfect uh and another thing the chiefs have done they they have all of their seats with the seat backs that fold up and down and they literally zip tied seats closed correct yeah so that pe- so the people wouldn't be able to sit in there that's not an option for nebraska's stadium because they're just the, f- the flat benches <laughs> so i don't know how you'd be able to get people how you'd enforce that um are you going to leave it up to the the yellow coats in there to to try to enforce that uh i don't know how easy that would be plus you'll have in- invariably if you split people up and send people way up high obviously there's a lot of room mm-hmm. how often are those people going to try to scoot down a little bit closer if that game gets really close and it's tight late in the game uh, the same as on a normal game day. I mean, yeah. It, well, there, there's just a lot of aspects to that, but it would be nice, I think, because it should be decided on a case by case basis. Because there's a lot of room separating these these teams geographically, mm-hmm. uh, and the situations in each in each town are are a little bit different. Right now, I don't know that Lincoln is in a good spot to be able to do that. With cases have kind of been trending up a little bit lately, but. We're still a few weeks away from that home opener against Wisconsin. Uh, you got the Penn State and Illinois games following uh, on the 14th and the 21st. It's possible that that does get revisited because that's what the Big Ten's doing in 2020. They're revisiting all their decisions. Something that will not be revisited, and we knew this going into the September, um, or I guess, I guess, yeah, earlier this month when everything, or last month, August, as soon as we can get all of these months straightened out, when the original decisions were coming in about the season – no tailgating on campus. And we, we knew that last time around. Now we're to this this next schedule 3.0. Ronnie Green reiterated that as well, that there's not going to be tailgating on campus. What is that going to do for for the Haymarket? What is that going to do for the rail yard, uh, the bars? Are more people going to want to go be part of that environment if you can't go tailgate socially on campus? I don't know. <laughs> but what I do know is football being back is a lot better. Football being back without tailgating is a lot better than there being no football and we're all going to tailgate and watch the Big 12. Yeah, much better. Because the Big 12 is just going to do nothing but lose to the Sun Belt. And hey, Nebraska is not losing any non-conference games this year, people. I can promise you that. So right now we are waiting for just two more games to be revealed. you got Week 7 and Week 8. This is going to be December 5th and December 12th. Uh, those are the Saturdays uh, with December football, regular season December football. Did you ever think you'd see the day in college football? They will be home game for Minnesota, mm-hmm. against Minnesota, uh, and it will be a road game 
at Purdue. Yep. Uh, because that was what the, the second schedule version looked like when the Wisconsin and Purdue games flipped. Uh, so it'll be a home game for Minnesota and a road game for Purdue. Um, and, and I mean, Nebraska, they're not favored to be uh, in the hunt for a West Division crown to, to be chasing that championship this season. They're not favored to do so. But if you line up Purdue and then Minnesota, that Minnesota game would be at home. And if it's the finale of the season and Nebraska's still got a shot, and maybe by then things are in a better spot, you are able to have fans in the stands, it would allow Nebraska to have a little bit of a home field advantage Correct. in a game that could potentially put them into a conference championship game for the first time since 2012. And and one of the other things that is going to benefit Nebraska as we look at this schedule is that you have your home opener against Wisconsin on October 31st, but then you're not home again. You have... Uh, you, you, you're not home again until November 14th. Mm-hmm. So you'll have two middle-of-November games possible to get somewhere at home in the middle of that, but then your next one's going to be in December. Very, I'm going to say I'm, I'm very confident that there's going to be fans in the stands at some point during this season. Yeah. De- definitely not in October. I'm pre- getting pretty confident about November, December. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think you're going to be Especially in Especially that uh, that. that those Christmas Carol games in in early December. Was <laughs> oh. Jack joking about changing the tunnel walk to Mannheim Steamroll? Right. There's also the possibility, by the way, those plus one crossover games, December 18th, 19th. They're working out how those are going to be done. If those are going to be at neutral site domes, the same way that the championship game is, or if those are going to be played at home sites. Think about that, Nebraska. You have the possibility of on December 18th finishing fourth in the West playing fourth in the East at home in Memorial Stadium a week before Christmas. Maybe it'll be Michigan. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I think Michigan, Michigan State, those are those are two teams that... Get Michigan State uh, back on the schedule. Maryland, maybe if they end up higher than Michigan State or Michigan... Yeah, that, 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 would, be, that would be a potential uh, you know, fourth place versus fourth place game, third place versus third place game. Michigan maybe slots in there. You haven't played the Wolves. Just kidding. We're playing on the 19th at Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, is that what's happening? That's what's happening. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's take our next break right here, actually, uh, just to make sure um, that we get these last two uh, on the air without any more interruptions. Uh, we are revealing, right along with the Big Ten and Fox, uh, the Nebraska 2020 schedule version 3.0 here on Earth 3.0. Uh, we have Big Ten football, and we are uh, just we're learning about it with you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got more to come right here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Back after this. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. What timing? They just revealed week seven, December 5th, Nebraska at Purdue. The very scenario I teased right before their break there. They'll go at Purdue and finish up week eight at home against Minnesota, uh, the favorites for most to win the West. Uh, that'll finish out your schedule. Uh, they haven't revealed Week 8, but that's the only game left Nebraska has. It's definitely a home game with Minnesota uh, in-division opponent, uh, and they'll get them here in Lincoln. So uh, that's it. Ohio State on the road, home from Northwestern, at Wisconsin. Or, excuse me, at home with, home for Wisconsin at Northwestern. Correct. Right, I mixed those up. At Ohio State, home for Wisconsin, at Northwestern, home for Penn State, home for Illinois, at Iowa, 
at Purdue and home for Minnesota. That's your schedule for 2020. Wow. Okay, so Nebraska went from opening against at home against Purdue to opening at Rutgers to now opening at Ohio State. One you of those games, August fifth or September fifth, September fifth, and now you got October twenty fourth. One of those games is not like the others. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's not. But that's fine. Hey, let's get it on. Uh, I, there's no sense in waiting. Uh, everybody knew that the twenty twenty schedule was always going to finish very difficultly as uh, as soon as the Big Ten uh, released it uh, back in I don't know seventy years ago. It that's how like. it feels for sure. So these teams were on the schedule, right? None of those teams that were on that gauntlet end of schedule, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all of those teams are still a part of this schedule. The only Big Ten game that got taken off from that original schedule is the Rutgers road game. That's fine. Let's do it. Play those games. See where you are. This is year three of Scott Frost, year three of Adrian Martinez. Wandale's getting another shot now. Uh, get to play wide receiver. Diedrich Mills comes back. Uh, you got Omar Manning in. That defense has another year under Eric Chenander. I'm fired up. Let's get this thing going. I'm pretty excited looking at this schedule. When you have the thing set up, now obviously you're going to have to hit the ground running, going Ohio State, Wisconsin, even Northwestern in there, and then Penn State as your first four, your first half of the season. But then you look at the second half of that season, trying to win a division, and you get Illinois at home, two road games at Iowa get that Black Friday game, Yep. go to Purdue, and then finish at home with Minnesota, there's a chance. If you are in a position halfway through the season knowing that you're not out of it, you've got four more division games, yeah. there's a chance to still do something over the course of those four games. Now, the other side of the coin is I don't know that you'll have another uh, – I, I haven't scheduled the entirety of the schedule here. I'm sure this is not the case. Uh, you're not going to have another West team – that has the East crossovers that Nebraska does? No. So uh, Nebraska's the only team playing both Ohio State and Penn State in the West Division. Uh, and those games count in the, the schedule, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the, the standings, obviously. That being said... So for a strength of schedule standpoint, you're a little bit behind the eight ball to start. Yes. That being said, um, Nebraska's going to know where they stand pretty early. Yes. Those are two of their first four games, uh, along with Wisconsin being the second one as the home opener. Um Nebraska's wanted to play. They've had the mentality of wanting to play. Uh, and so often in college football, obviously talent plays a huge role in it, and we all know that, but so does motivation. And some of these schools, some of these programs, I'm sure they've had players and, and maybe the entirety of the team and the, the coaching staff that's wanted to play, uh, but you haven't had the outward unity that you've had at Nebraska throughout this entire process. I think that is worth something in this in this whole deal. Um, sure, you can ramp that up over the next five weeks if you're, say, Northwestern and you were not really gung-ho about playing uh, Minnesota's leaders. Or Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, they, they were definitely uh, not gung-ho about playing. Michigan has had problems with some of their leadership getting on the same page as well. Nebraska has been ready to go from the, from the jump. Yes. Uh, they have been 100% unified. Uh, much more so than the conference can claim to be. Uh, as much as they want to say this is a unanimous vote and, and congrats for getting there, but that's not how we got here. Uh, it took a lot of moving to, to get the rest of them on board. It didn't take any movement for Nebraska's leadership to follow along with what Scott Frost and these players wanted to do. Um, and I think the mentality for that might give, some, might give a little bit of a bounce for Nebraska. 
in terms of, hey, we wanted to play this whole time. We weren't backing down from this challenge. Uh, yeah, Nebraska's not favored to win the West. Uh, I think their their Vegas over-under might end up being like three and a half or four out of these eight games, mm-hmm. depending on how they judge whatever they're doing game nine, which obviously we don't know yet. But Nebraska wants this schedule. They want to play. There's going to be a bunch of stuff out there about careful what you wish for and da-da-da-da-da. Let's line up. Let's play. And and see what happens because I think Nebraska is pretty excited about what they've been building, and they're going to have a chance to show that off finally on October twenty fourth. And now it's official, by the way. Minnesota coming to Lincoln yeah. on that last week. Officially official. It's officially official. We had already posted it because process of elimination says that was the only thing left. And game nine, Nebraska is going to play at Michigan State in East Lansing on December nineteenth. Oh, ugh. that'll be fun. That'd probably be if we're going there. That's probably a December eighteenth game. If we're being honest, <laughs> I, I'm I'm so interested in those. And now, Cole, I haven't been able to talk to you all week about this, yeah. but I'm very interested in what is the possibility of doing something like this on a year in and year out basis of doing Playing that extra game, doing that plus, championship weekend, that plus one crossover game, um, especially because let's say you get towards the end of the season and you've got a couple of different teams that are five and seven mm-hmm. and just happen to match up against each other, your conference is going to get another bowl oh, eligible team out of it. There, that's tricky. So there's something like because okay, I'll be completely honest. I haven't looked at what the number of games you're allowed to play plus conference championship game, but it would make sense to me if you're able to go play that conference championship game, you can throw in that plus one division crossover game, couldn't you? Well, the good news is, Caleb, the NCAA really has no power at all over college football programs. Oh, it's done by the conferences? Big yeah. Ten, do this every year. It doesn't matter. The It's it's just like whose line is it anyway. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. I would, oh, this would be, I would be all about this. Do this every single year, even if every year you end up with Illinois against Indiana on the on the championship weekend. Yeah, and and look, this is something I think maybe this is Jim Delaney. This might have been his thing. He he was tossing around playing a ten game conference schedule, um, and and maybe that ends up still happening at some point in the near future. Uh, but this would essentially make it a ten game schedule if you end up doing this in the future because mm-hmm. you'd play those nine in the regular season, and then you'd still have one more matchup to be determined in that championship weekend. And this would also help in. Hey, there was a lot of complaining, not necessarily complaining, but like scratching your head over how did it take Nebraska six years into the Big Ten to play Indiana once? Mm -hmm. And why have they played Ohio State like every year, but they've only played Michigan like one time since the Legends and Leaders went away? This would give you another crossover game and have more of those matchups that you don't see as often. Idea, as we get to this, because teams, because it's a nine-game conference season, Mm -hmm. you're going to have... Five at home, four on the road, and it's going to alternate, so it's uneven already. Yes. You have your championship game still at Lucas Oil, mm-hmm. but the other crossover games, your plus ones, go to the division that is playing five road games that year. Yeah, so, so that you, is the split right yeah, now. So yeah, you, so you have it preset that, let's say, yep. the, the West has four home games and the East has five. Yep. Well, whenever you get to the division crossover games that year... That makes it easy. Nebraska is hosting whatever their crossover game is if they're not in the championship game. So you give the West that extra home game. Big Ten, please listen to us out of Nebraska. We're going to just tell you what to do. Bring football back. Add another game. You still get your three non-cons in. We're releasing the schedule tonight. <laughs> we're, releasing, we're, we're, we're voting tonight. We're releasing the schedule exactly. early next week. 
Yeah, Big Ten really, is going to listen to oh, Nebraska. On I this. really, really like this plus one model, and I think that should stick around going forward if they can find a way to make it happen without eliminating the three non-conference games. Yeah. Hey, uh, we did not talk about any of the uh, opt-in, opt-out drama where you have a, a Minnesota receiver who opted out literally before the first <laughs> version of the redid schedule came out. And he signed with an agent, and now he's practicing on the field. Uh, we did not get to the Rashad Bateman deal. We'll talk about that next week. We'll Will Bolt had some baseball that. played this yeah. week. Yeah, real live, uh, uh, what is it, fall? Fall scrimmage Yes, for baseball. <laughs> hey, the schedule's out. Check out KLIN.com. We'll have a story up soon. Thank you very much for joining us. This was fun and crazy. We'll be back next week, and we'll do it all over again. <laughs> Go Big Red.